is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 126 of the Go Blue Crew. We are moving away from football for the time being since it's uh, delayed in the Big Ten and other conferences are trying to go forward with it and whatever. Uh, it's a lot to process. So we're actually looking at the NBA playoffs because Duncan Robinson is getting a lot of, uh, of attention. Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr. are our, our teammates, the Dallas Mavericks now. This will be the first time we've talked about anything other than uh, Michigan football or Michigan basketball, even though obviously the reason we're talking about these players is because they played for Michigan. But uh, Derek, have you gotten a chance to like watch any NBA playoffs or have you gotten a chance to see any former Michigan players? Yeah. So I saw Trey Burt go off, um, I think a couple of weeks ago now and whatever the, the regular season of the bubble. Uh, and then actually watched, uh, Duncan Robinson in the background today, uh, break the, uh, I think it was the playoff record for uh, seven or eight consecutive threes, uh, before even attempting a two pointer or something like that. So yeah, yeah no, I've seen, I've seen both Trey and Duncan Robinson go off and Tim Harley Jr. is more than capable of having big nights. And there's some other guys, DJ Wilson, uh, Glenn Robinson, the third that are in the playoffs as well. So just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's refreshing to see the NBA playoffs. It's obviously different, uh, but it's cool to, to have sports, uh, especially after the last couple of episodes, we're talking about lack of sports, at least in the college football world for Michigan. So, yeah, to, to follow some of my previously favorite Michigan basketball players uh, is cool in general, but to see them kind of pop off in the playoffs in an important time, like a Duncan Robinson leading scorer today in today's game, pretty awesome. I personally don't really care about the NBA. Um, I pay attention, I guess, to the Pacers, and I know the Heat are up 2-0, and I know, uh, like you said, Duncan Robinson had a fantastic game today, which is – thursday i think he was seven to eight from from three and uh or he might have even done more did he do more than that because i think that was going into the third or going into the fourth i'm not sure i don't know what his final tally was i thought paying attention to after he got the got the record i was now it's technically uh thursday evening and so today was a work day so like i said it was on in the background i'm doing my best to focus on my work but yeah, when Duncan Robinson's popping off, a guy that, you know, some people even questioned at Michigan, being a former D3 player, given a scholarship by John Beeline. I mean, how proud is a guy like John Beeline right now to, to see Duncan Robinson, really out of all of the these players that we've mentioned. And by the way, totally missed on the how Karis LeVert was playing um, in, the, in the, again, the regular season portion of the Bumble, just completely balling. So there's a lot of Michigan basketball players doing well but John Beeline's got to be proud of all of them but I think specifically probably Duncan Robinson because that's a that's a gem that he found from uh, Williams College I believe it was William Mary or something William and Mary D3 either way Uh, he was seven of eight against the Pacers on Thursday all makes all or yeah all makes all attempts from from beyond the arc he had three free throws and he finished with 24 points uh absolutely right that you know all the players like doing well in the NBA, you probably are most excited if you're a Michigan fan about Duncan Robinson, just because of his really unique journey to get to the NBA and how it was, it was clear during his time at Michigan that this was 
a possibility. And so I think we got to kind of appreciate and anticipate that, that this point in his uh, professional career might come. And it is really cool to see it happen, albeit in a bubble in Orlando. Uh, but maybe, maybe that's brought even more attention, I guess. That's a possibility to uh these these players who have like risen up and you know since they created the bubble and and Duncan Robinson is doing great things for the heat and Trey Burke is always a guy who I just love hearing his name I love seeing the, anything he does because of just how much he meant to Michigan probably uh the most important player in in recent bas or Michigan basketball history would you say yeah yeah so the, the things that and it's so cool that he's been able to the team up with Tim Hardaway Jr. I think they were teammates before in the NBA, be, like uh, before the Mavericks. Am I right? Well, so this is Trey Burke's second stint with the Mavericks, and I think that his story for the bubble and kind of what you mentioned, maybe the bubble helps some of these stories stick out. Um, less teams and uh, obviously the, the regular portion now in the playoffs, you've got kind of kind of a normal looking playoff structure, I guess. Um, obviously no fans and really no home court advantage, but yeah, Trey Burke, uh, more of a story in the bubble because Duncan Robinson was impressing people when the NBA season was in its regular season before right. the, the pandemic and obviously that huge delay and this is the end of uh, the 20. 19 2020 season but trey burke has had some monster games and continues to be uh, a high impact player for the dallas mavericks and his second stint again with the mavericks and yeah second time teaming up with tim hardaway jr there too so i I just think it's his story is especially cool he's a guy who uh, it's almost like a reminder of why he was picked so high in the nba draft and there he had a lot of potential and everyone felt like he was going to have a you know really successful NBA career, and uh, he kind of bounced around a little bit there. And he's had some of the stints where when he came back up to the league, he's really gone off in a couple of games. I remember some in Madison Square Garden when he was with the Knicks, a um, couple with the Mavs, the, the first stint, and then the more recent ones with the Mavs and and in the playoffs in this stint. But yeah, maybe not the the lottery pick player that Michigan fans had hoped he'd be, but to, to still be impactful this many seasons after he, he left Michigan uh, and to be what seems to be more than a role player right now just because of the ability he's shown on the court, uh, at least as in the last few weeks, I think that's just a special story for him, a guy who didn't even know going into the bubble if he was going to be on a roster necessarily. So just a all-time good story. Uh, the the Mavericks have split one and one with the Clippers. They'll play uh, tomorrow Friday. Their game on Wednesday. The Mavericks won. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. at seventeen points, and and Trey Burke had sixteen. I need to zoom in actually because I'm not wearing my glasses, and you know how a six can look like like an eight, but sixteen points. Um, over one from from behind the arc, seven eleven field goals. And I saw one highlight of him. I think it was late in the third quarter with the with the clock winding down, and he was able to create a lane for himself and use his body as he did so well at Michigan to uh, hit a really difficult layup. But of course, you know these these point guards. Once you get to a certain point, uh, it's they make it look routine anyway. And Trey Burke was always so good at getting himself in the lane and using his body and really controlling himself in the air and, and getting up uh, 
what you in in maybe seventh grade you'd say is a terrible shot and then in high school you're like oh, okay if you can do it and then from that point on uh if a guy has it in his arsenal as trey burke does that's a that's a tremendous thing for a point guard to have so that was a really really like a flashback a nice trip down memory lane to see him get in the lane like that i just i love seeing it yeah some of his plays is reminding some people including myself of of a young Allen Iverson. Now, obviously, to compare Trey Burke to Allen Iverson would be, uh, I guess, not fair to, to Allen Iverson just because of how great of a player he was. But some of his game is kind of reminiscent of that. And I, and I feel like that same play you're talking about, it looks like he did in college. Now, again, this is at a much higher level against much bigger, um, stronger, more athletic, better basketball players. So for him to, to be impactful in the NBA the same way he was at Michigan, all these years later, um, again, after a kind of a crazy road trip as an NBA player, um, I think that's just really cool. And, and I think that he's playing with an energy that's really unmatched on the Mavs and, and you could say unmatched in the playoffs. There's a few guys in particular in these NBA playoffs that are really taking this opportunity to shine and hopefully secure themselves a bag for next season or roster spots on the teams they're on now. And I think one of the biggest things that, I've noticed in Trey Burke's play um, really compared to his other stint with the Mavericks or just in general is he seems to be really effective on the defensive side of things too. Uh, and if you can play offense and defense in the NBA, you're probably solidifying your roster spot for a good while to come. So it's just been impressive to see, you know, him do it. And then a guy like Duncan Robinson, again, just his ability to shoot just seems unmatched right now when you don't have the Warriors and you don't have a healthy Clay Thompson or a Steph Curry like there's been a lot of attention on Duncan Robinson shooting throughout the season where his numbers are compared to all-time great seasons I mean it's special and then yeah this guy's down the list Karis LeVert again I think I've probably been most impressed with uh, he suffered an injury a couple of years back and just him to be as consistent as he is on a team that's missing two uh, incredible stars and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, he's he's going to be the third guy there, uh, but right now he's the he's the number one guy in my opinion, just because of the way he's been playing. I can't remember. I think it was ESPN, and it's been a day or two, but I saw a stat they put out about uh, like a season best catch and shoot percentage, and maybe it was just on threes, which makes sense. But but Duncan Robinson was number one i think on that list and number two is maybe clay thompson from a, from a few years ago but that was something that obviously like he was just so good at, at michigan and you knew he was going to the nba as a shooter and any i feel like anytime somebody goes to to, to play professional basketball not, not just in the nba but like when when you make that next step and you're just deemed a shooter it's a little risky because if you're not shooting, what are you doing? And he's been able to make a pretty good early career out of shooting the lights out. And he's doing it now on a really tremendous, uh, unique national stage. And I think if, if the heat or if the Mavericks, you know, if, if a Michigan player ends up winning an NBA title, like sometime soon, we'll have to in the next I don't know this year or next year this podcast may not go on for forever and ever but we'll have to have some kind of celebration i don't know what we'll do a giveaway or something i'm always down for celebrations i'm always down for giveaways 
Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I just saw something today too. Um, just again, that Duncan Robinson's just been playing incredible. And I think, I don't know, this may be dated back to when this place at least started uh, tracking data. It went back to like I don't know, 2013, 2014. He's got the best field goal percentage on catch and shoot threes, a uh, minimum of 500% for a season or 500 attempts for a season. And yeah, right under him is Clay Thompson, 17, 18. Uh, third, Clay Thompson, 14, 15. Fourth, Steph Curry, 18, 19. <laughs> and fifth, Clay Thompson, 15, 16. So, you know, I mean, when you're, low, I mean, again, and that's why the first guys that came to my mind with, you know, without having a Clay Thompson or Steph Curry uh, really even playing at all this year, uh, and especially not in the playoffs because of injuries and, and where the Warriors are at uh, with this offseason. Um, yeah, to have Duncan Robinson mentioned with, probably the two names that every single person, whether you watch the NBA or you don't watch a lot of it, would they'd probably mention uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry as the best shooters. So, yeah, he's in what you would call elite company because those oh, guys boy. will absolutely be Hall of Famers. To give you an idea of like how little attention I give to the NBA, uh, a few days before the playoffs started, I just went and was looking at the standings, and I had no idea that the Warriors were that terrible this year. Yep. I knew it was – I remember, like, thinking back at the beginning of the season, like, things were not good. But I didn't know it stayed like that. I knew it was, I mean, just terrible. Like, won, like, 15 games, I think. Last yeah, in the West. The thing, the thing that's funny to me, and obviously that has to do with injuries and just kind of the way that they've treated the – what a lot of people refer to as a tank season – but then you have the the Detroit Pistons, which again today is Thursday. Um, you have the Detroit Pistons in the running for potentially the number one pick in the lottery, which is being decided on the twentieth, which is tonight. So you've got a team like the Warriors that can go win multiple championships and and then being near the, you know, probably going to be a top three, maybe top one pick. And then you've got teams like the Detroit Pistons who aren't tanking, who are actually trying to play good basketball from time to time, who are just that bad. So, yeah, it's surprising to see the Warriors in that position. But sadly, as a Detroit Pistons fan, it hurts. But it's not surprising <laughs> to see Detroit in a position to potentially maybe somehow get a you know, top three pick. Okay, so we're going to keep it a little shorter today and also sticking with our theme of not talking about Michigan football or basketball, but still in Detroit. Did you get to watch Casey Mize make his debut? I did. Last night. What would you think? You know, I think I just actually saw someone post something similar today, but it's it's Detroit Tigers baseball. So in that same category in the last couple of years is Detroit Pistons basketball or really just Detroit sports in general. I don't have anything really to root for, but to see young guys like Casey Mize and some of the other prospects come up and play, I'm just excited to see kind of a new breed and what hopefully is the next generation of Tigers players um, get opportunities. And, and hopefully these are the guys that in three to five years that they'll be stars and hopefully leading the Tigers is some kind of playoff run. I mean, that's the goal when you, when you draft that way and you let prospects play and if they can hang on to them, uh, hopefully a guy like a Casey Mize is uh, going to be leading the charge. But yeah, I mean, it's fun, fun to see. I love the the hype when someone makes it to the show like that. And yeah, I definitely tuned in for a little bit of that. Yeah, I definitely, I, I, I probably watch parts of uh, Tigers baseball every week, um, but it's rare that I watch a full game and I didn't even watch all of uh, last night's game. I watched until he got pulled and what the fifth, sixth inning, I think. But um. 
that that was i i agree with you it's just always cool to, to watch a player make his debut especially a pitcher because you know it's so prominent and it's like like everybody knows that debut is happening and uh that split finger fastball oh i hope that's gonna be in detroit for a long time and i know that people are excited about it because because it got tim anderson swinging even though i think he ended up with two hits off of off of casey mize uh just a a nasty nasty pitch but there's got to be something positive to say about Detroit sports before we sign off. Uh, I I think just a performance like that, again, seeing a a young guy, what he struck out seven guys in a debut, um, just gives you a, and no walks gives you a glimmer of, of hope, I guess. Um, And it gives you something fun to to cheer for. And and, and I think just in general, I mean, again, just having sports, uh, I'm just thankful to have something. I mean, whether it's the Tigers lose every game the rest of this 60-game season or if they somehow go on a run here with some of their young players. I mean, I'm just, I guess, just happy to see Detroit sports. Maybe the Pistons will get lucky again and get in the lottery. Maybe the NFL season will, will happen and the, the Lions. I, I saw that they were voted highest chance to go from worst to first in the conference. So, wow. Um, yeah, you know, maybe things are looking up, but – Again, we're talking Detroit sports here. Um, so, yeah, you never know. I'll, I'll end with that. Yeah, keep your expectations low, as always. And that applies if we're talking about Detroit sports or Michigan football especially. Just keep those expectations low enough so that you're not totally disappointed by the end of the season. Uh, next time we come back, I don't know, maybe we'll be talking about talking about hockey, talking about water polo. Could be a cooking sure. show. Could be a cooking show. Um, I don't know how to do that over audio. It's more of like a visual thing. Maybe we could tamper with some some video. We can adapt. The world's changing. The world is changing. We'll change with it. But um, until next time, keep your eyes out on the NBA playoffs. Duncan Robinson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke out there doing great things. So we'll see you next time. Go Blue. Go Blue.